Welcome to the Accounting Ventures Podcast with Carla Caldwell and Kevin Stevens, where we talk about the people, processes, and technology used to run a modern accounting practice. Welcome to the Accounting Ventures Podcast with Carla Caldwell and Kevin Stevens. I'm Carla Caldwell. I am the owner of Caldwell Consulting and Training, as well as Candela Accounting and Advisory Services in the Atlanta area. And we have, of course, uh, Kevin. Say hello. Hey there. Kevin Stevens here. I uh, am with Stevens and Company, a CPA firm in uh, Arizona. And yeah, here we are. Another podcast together, not in the same room. We're nope, not in the same room today, for sure. Parts of the country. We'll see one another later this uh, week at uh, QB Connect, I believe. Looking yeah. forward to that. It's going to be a busy, busy, exciting time to get back to conferences after what three years? I think it has been that we've we've not been at some of these conferences, so it's very exciting. And uh, we are going to have a lot of fun doing a lot of sessions. And I look forward to debriefing on all that we experience and learn after the conference. But as we get started today, let's let's dive in and talk about what clients want. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Yeah. So this actually came up because Sage put out an ebook about what clients want in 2022 and beyond and threw in a how to find them. But I think I want to focus on just the what clients want in 2022 and beyond. And so I think it would be a great conversation. Yeah. So they they kind of list uh, seven things as though that's there's only seven. <laughs> only the, seven. The, the, Wouldn't the, that be the, nice the to narrow it down to that? <laughs> want, want out of our our profession, um, you know, in all, in all these types of, and obviously this isn't the first one, but as it, it, it you know, you read through it, it does, a, you know, ring true in, in, in many ways, but uh, in, in all of this, you know, we're all at different stages and, and, uh, and clients have, are, each one is unique and, and need different things, but these are some, some good principles, I think, uh, as we try to, um, you know, develop our practices and perhaps go from good to great and, Obviously, the we want to serve our clients well. I, I uh, when we do good work, it, it always uh, it always ends well. Um, almost always, I'll say. Yes, almost always. Sometimes you can do great things and they don't appreciate it. But so one of the very first things in this article that I thought was very interesting was that they come to expect from their accountant more often better knowledge of who they are. They want their accounting, their accountants to know who they are more than they did before. Do you find that to be the case with your clients that they want you to understand who they are and know them better? Better than? Than maybe your counterparts. I don't know. Maybe better than you did before. I think, I think our clients, um, want us to understand their pain points, what, uh, what drives their engine, what uh, is mission critical, um, and what opportunities are out there that, that they're not aware of that, uh, you know, when, when we apply that knowledge to that we can create value. Um, sometimes clients are a little easier to get to know. Sometimes they're friends. Sometimes they're uh, you know, their, their, their personalities are, are very easy to, to attach to. And, 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 uh, and then other clients are a little more protective 
in, in, in that information. Sometimes they, um, I, I struggle occasionally when I encounter a client who just thinks I will know, just thinks I already do know. And, uh, and, and, you know, that's a skill to try to, uh, learn things that, that perhaps you were in their mind, you, you were already supposed to understand about them or who, who they are and um, kind of the, the inner workings of the relationships of the, of the management team and, and, the, and those kind of things. And so I, you know, it just comes down to communication and asking a lot of good questions, engaging questions, and then being a, a good listener. Totally. And and it's funny, as you were saying this, I kept thinking, you should know what I want. Kind of reminds me of, of some spouses at Christmas time. You know, you should know what I want. But that's a whole different conversation. But I totally agree that there are some clients that just automatically either assume or just think you should just automatically know. And as much as uh, we want to, clients are different and they have different drivers. Um, some clients are motivated by different things and uh, just learning to ask questions, I think is a great, a great help for us to make sure that we're all on the same page. Do you have any particular questions that are your go-tos when you meet with clients uh, to just try to get to know them better and, and what motivates them? You know, I, I, I wouldn't say I have go-to questions, but I want to know their story, mm-hmm. you know, and, 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 I, and, and, and if I, I think they're a good storyteller, I'll, I'll ask it that way. Okay. Um, if, if I don't think they're a very good storyteller, I'll, I'll go through the back door and, and kind of create my own story. And, and, and uh, <laughs> I, I've, I've asked very plain questions before, like, how do you make money? Mm-hmm. Who are your, who are your customers? Um, you know, what, uh, how do you spend your money? And obviously one question leads to others and, and, and away you go. And, and anybody who knows me will laugh at this. I love knowing where people are from, you know, and that question alone opens up a ton. Oh, you're from so-and-so and who do you cheer for? And, um, <laughs> Oh, your mother went to school there. Um, but I think it has to be genuine, you know, and, 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 and it is for me because I, you know, I just enjoy finding out about people. If, uh, if you're not that way, then, then, then probably that's not the right approach. Um, but, but everybody has things, you know, we're interested in. I like to know what keeps people up at night, right? Like what are the things that they worry about? Um, I can't always fix those things, but at least it helps me to understand their perspective and and what's what's uh, troubling them. Um, in fact, I think I asked that of, of, a, of a colleague just yesterday as they were asking me to help them, you know, kind of map out where they wanted to take their firm and what they were wanting to do. So definitely learning to understand what their pain points are and what, what, keeps them concerned about things in their business um, are really helpful. But I think the biggest thing is that in in way, ways that you're asking questions and ways that I'm asking questions of clients, it's, it's helping to understand that we care about them more than it just being a transactional relationship. And I think that's what this article is kind of pointing to. Um, and, and I think in alignment with that is another one of the things that um, this article points out is that 
people are wanting, clients are wanting more prompt replies. And you would think that that would make sense and be just kind of an assumed thing. But I think it's a little bit more difficult than most people realize. And unfortunately, not as common uh, sometimes as well. Now, the definition of prompt, I think, is, is probably up for debate. But what is your thought when this this seems like maybe perhaps a new thing that clients want is to receive prompt replies. Do you think that that's something that in our industry, by and large, we don't do? Or what are your thoughts? I think it's increasingly a challenge um, okay. for, for a couple of reasons. Number, number one, access to us, the, the, the ways clients and others can access us are, are ever increasing. Mm-hmm. You know, especially if we're out on social media, you know, they can tweet at us, they can chat at us, they can text us, they can email, obviously all those things. And 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 to the extent we we set that up for them, that a lot of them are going to do it. And and a lot of those things are thought of as kind of instant and hey, I I messaged you. You didn't get back to me in 90 seconds. You know, <laughs> um, and so this is a I know clients want that and and we need to be we, we need to be strategic on, on how we we set up our, our firms, our companies to to allow for that um, and, and manage expectations. Well, now I and others who I work with have have screwed this up plenty of times too. Uh, on the other side of it, you know, sure. client emails you and you you don't respond at all, and and that is not the right message. Yeah, um, there's got to be this realistic balance of uh, you know, no, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna call you back on a Sunday night at 8 p.m. Right, um, it is a holiday, or or even with email, I. You know, sometimes you have to be strategic how quickly you return an email because you are establishing an expectation for the rest of the relationship okay. uh, about your availability and timeliness. And and I don't know what that is. I don't know what the I certainly haven't perfected it, but but I think it it, it needs to be somewhat strategic in, in how we do that and and a balance between. They, they know we're here, we're, we're, we're seeing it, we're going to get back to you versus they they own you. Well, it, you know, it, it's interesting. I totally agree with that. The access is easier. One of the things that we have tried to be really good with our clients, and again, we are not perfect and we have a long way to go on on so many fronts. One of our clients in particular tends to text me and a colleague and another colleague and just kind of blast everybody. I need help with something. And then when we get back to them, we find out it's it's not on fire. It's just that it was, you know, to them, it was needing to be done right at that moment. So one of the things that we've tried to do is help clients understand how to get in touch with us based on the level of importance of the the issue that they have going on. And some of our clients are needier than others with, you know, communication. Um, But one of the things that we are really pretty strong about is trying to be within working hours as much as possible uh, to be getting back to clients and not communicating off hours. 
That doesn't mean that we don't work off hours, you know, evenings and weekends and whatnot. Um, I will say one of the tools that we use um, allows us to schedule our emails to go out at certain times. So while we may compose that email in the evening, we may not be sending that email until the next morning so that we are setting those expectations that this is when you have access. Um, and so we've done that. Now, that being said, you know, there are definitely times when I have replied very quickly to something off hours and and uh, mess that whole process up completely. But for the most part, we try to stay pretty strict um, about that. And even, um, you know, there are some firms that I have worked with that are using tools like Teams and Slack with clients. And it does open up a level of access, as you alluded to, that is that is quite broad. And some firms really enjoy that. But I hope that those firms are pricing their access into their engagements, which I think is also another area that needs to be considered as well for, you know, the level of communication that you do. But I do believe um, prompt replies, even if it's nothing else other than I am busy all day today, or we are swamped with tax season, we will get back with you as this is not necessarily, you know, we'll scheduling it and, and helping the client understand the expectation of when you're able to reply to them with your full attention, I think is, is important as well, just so that they know um, nobody likes to be ignored. I agree. And, and, and I think that there's a skill. I, I think some people are better at communicating to well-intended clients how busy they are while maintaining a level of professionalism and care that, that this is important to me and we will get back to you. Um, but, you know, if you walk in the office and some of us still have offices, sorry if that is offensive to anyone. <laughs> um, you know, the expectation should be that that we're not going to be available in the moment because we're we're doing other stuff and we're we're happy to schedule something, a call, a, con a Zoom, what uh, or a sit down. But uh, we plan ahead, we schedule things, we plan for the week, and it doesn't always go the way we want it to. But but, but we have one, and and uh, we'd, we'd we'd love to get you on it. Yeah. Absolutely. And again, setting the expectation from the get go and also being able to have those scheduled times to connect, I think is important as well. And so I think that's that's really kind of the bottom line of that is is learn how to effectively manage expectations um, so that prompt replies are given, but also weighed with all the other you know, priorities and, and uh, demands that, that we have as well. So the next one that they have on their list here is having a proactive attitude with a client. And in this article, they are very specifically talking about things when something comes up and bringing it to the attention of the client without them having to ask, I think is kind of the bottom line on this. And it is actually something that I think is one of the areas that I would love to see as an industry us doing a bit more. I hear from clients quite often that they weren't told something by an accountant or the accountant may say, I have told them that a million times, but the client doesn't hear it. So I, I know that it's both sides, but I know in particular, we had one situation with a client where they um, were not 
in the right business entity structure they should have been. And I was kind of surprised that they had never been told that. And one of the things they said was, you know, I don't think our accountant would tell us unless we asked specifically and we didn't even know to ask. And I think that's kind of where some of this comes into play. Well, how do you see that? Do you Is that something that you do? And do you find that clients are willing to listen or are they more often than not waiting until that situation is kind of on fire to really hear what you've been telling them. What is, what is that like with yours? Well, we try to, um, and, and, uh, you know, the COVID era provided several, if not many things that, uh, you know, information was coming out, opportunities, changes. Um, and we, we tried a lot to, to, to be proactive in our approach. I have to be a little bit careful there. Um, you know, sometimes the, the details are, are not always, uh, you know, we don't always have them. Um, and, and, and so it's, when do you disseminate the information? We'd sometimes send some clarifying information right now. Um, you know, we're dealing with a lot of what I'll call misinformation regarding the uh, employee retention credit and and who's eligible for that. And the IRS has been coming out saying, you know, this, this isn't for everybody. And, and you've got some folks out there that uh, are highly motivated from a financial standpoint to, to sell it to people and to push it. And so, you know, we're, we're trying to do some, some education there, um, at the same time, there's there's a bunch of people that absolutely qualify and should do it, and and, and so that's just one example. PPP was a obviously another uh, really big one. Um, we were quite you know early um, on PPP in our area, and and uh, kind of not partnered with banks, but became a. Um, a resource a little bit, uh, they, us, and we, them. And, and, and I, I had a number of clients and other professionals reach out and, and thank us for the information we were able to, to get not only to our clients, but some other professionals and some, you know, folks, cause there, there was a, a lot of time there. We, we didn't know what was what. And it changed, you know, the, the old saying of building the airplane in the air was, was very apropos at that time, if I remember. So, yep. yeah. And, um, and we did the same. We had, we had webinars that we were doing and we would say, this is what we know today, but we may be coming back in a week, which we did. We did weekly webinars um, that were public and, and mostly with our clients, but delivering information about what we know today. And for your particular situation, we need to sit down. We can't, you know, uh, do that. So, yeah, I agree. Those, those types of things are really important. And when we establish the, the, the client relationship, I generally say something along the lines of client expectations are different. One person might want this level of access and another person might want another. And obviously there's a cost to that access, but to some degree, it has to be a little bit client driven. Um, you, you need to tell us how much you, you want to hear from us. You know, we'll do our best. And if we think there's something really, really important, we may even step in and, and, and do more than, than what you've asked. Um, because we feel like it's that important. 
you know, we, we do, you know, a fair amount of tax work and, and, and some of it's just compliant based. And well, yes, we're going to do everything we can to get you good information um, at, a to- at a point where it's meaningful to you, at a point where you can make decisions that help. We're not calling every client we have saying, hey, let's have a meeting in May. And, 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 and I think there are firms out there that, that are able to do that. We, we, you know, we wouldn't be able to do that. Well, I think, you know, as far as being proactive is concerned, I think one of the things that we have found is just bringing things to their mind on just financials or a tax return or whatever. When we do have those regular meetings with our clients and one of the things that our firm has tried to do is to just, again, this is something that we've noticed. Not sure that we necessarily have an answer or that you need to act on this today, sure. but these are some things to, to be watching. And I think we have found a lot of success with our clients appreciating things like that. We're noticing this trend or we're noticing this. Um, it's something to consider. And, and our firm doesn't do taxes. So we often will have the conversation with their um, tax professional or their CPA to to discuss those because a lot of times if they aren't in connection with their tax planner uh, on a regular basis, then then they may not be aware of some of those things. So I think being able to do that, but I think the mindset of just being open to those conversations with clients, I think is, is important. And I think it is a mind shift for a lot of accounting professionals. So I, I love that they pointed that out here. Well, let me, let me say one more thing on that. And I think just, Moving from being compliance based to something more than that is, is I think, what you were describing and something we try, we work really hard on. We have to do this. So let's let's make it a value add. Let's let's, you know, how, how can we take this information and, and make it make it meaningful to you? And, you know, every single one of these that we've talked about so far, really getting to know the client, having prompt replies, being more proactive in our conversations and more advisory and less compliance driven, I think is actually a lot of the value that we need to make sure that we are capturing and talking about with our clients, that that is a difference in what we're doing in our firms, perhaps than than others, or, or maybe just maybe not even as much as others, but as much as what they've expected previously and letting them know that they have found one of those types of firms to work with. The next topic here is all about technical skills and having sharp technical skills. So this is this is one that I have to say is is pretty important to our firm and I'm I'm kind of uh partial to this a bit. Our firm is very tech savvy. In fact, our our team needs to be and our clients need to have a lot more technical skill than uh, perhaps they had to in the past to work with us. They have to be comfortable with technology to work with us. We have not met every single one of our clients in person. Um, quite a few of them are online and in other states and in other locations, and we've literally never laid eyes on them face-to-face. And the way that we receive information, the way that we work with them is very technology uh, centered. And we have found that that is something that our clients really appreciate. We do have some clients that don't appreciate that and, and they don't always stay as clients, but I know that not every firm can get rid of every client they have that's not a techie uh, by any stretch. But Implementing technology is no easy thing. Um, I know that even before we 
you know, started recording today, we were talking about some technology and, and just password security and things like that. It, but it's an important part of, of how to run a business these days and, and something that we have to discuss. Do you find that your clients are looking for you to be more technology driven um, than perhaps you were before? What What is that like in your firm? You know, I think for the most part, we are at or exceeding our client expectations there. I'm sure with some exceptions. I think we have to make it we have to make technology as easy as possible on our clients. We, we need to think constantly about what is the client experience when it comes to technology. Sometimes we've got people working for us that uh, they came up in a different generation and they think everybody knows this. And, and we have to speak the language of the client. I find that many clients are perfectly capable of working within our technology at the level we want them to, as long as we kind of coach them up a little bit and mm-hmm. speak the right language and uh, give them some assurances and, you know, just be there for them. Um, and again, like you, we have, we have, we have some notable exceptions to that, mm-hmm. but we can't just expect our clients to, to know how to do this or that when we do this or that every single day. Yeah. Well, and I think it's it's a worthwhile conversation to have inside the firm and to be discussing with our team about the experience that the clients are having with that and for it to be considered as we are implementing technology and considering it. What how is this going to impact our clients and you know, what does that experience look like and being able to help them. Um, I'm obviously a big fan of of teaching and and um, discussing that with our clients and training them on how to use it. And I think that that can be a really valuable piece. But technology is here. It is not going away. I think that we are finally turning the corner where it's pretty uh, ubiquitous. So I think we're we're in, in good hands there as we move forward on that. The other thing I would say quickly on that is I, I know in, in, in our instance, in our firm, we've occasionally stumbled across a better solution than what we have, but we've postponed it or pushed pause because we had just brought a client onto the one that, you know, <laughs> we were going to replace. And so I'm constantly thinking, how, you know, from a, again, from a client facing standpoint, oh, well, this is a new one. Can we have a couple of years of consistency here? Um, and that's hard with technology because there are better solutions all the time. And for me, it always starts with what what what, what is the client's experience here? Yeah. Well, and I think taking that into account and all of the conversation we've had so far, I think is extremely important. Prompt replies. What is that client experience like if we're not doing that? What is it like if we're not being proactive and and so on? I mean, looking at it from our customer's experience, I think is extremely important. The next area that they bring out in this article is that clients are wanting business planning and really helping the client understand their numbers. What is, what is your experience with that? Do you provide business planning services with your clients? And is it specifically called that? Or is that just part of what you're doing as you're advising clients? Uh, the, sh- the short answer is yes, we definitely do that. I don't know what we call it. Um, hopefully it's in our DNA mm-hmm. that, you know, this is, uh, you know, we're, we're providing a service that requires us to capture 
information, primarily accounting information, and then putting it in a consistent and meaningful format. And then the last part of that would be making sense out of it. And, and uh, it's got to be done time, uh, timely enough for us to, to make that meaningful. And I enjoy, um, I'm, I'm always amazed at, at the successful business owners that have developed their own internal systems of measurement. They know how their year is relative to this measurement that may, that may have nothing to do with accounting, you know, mm-hmm. um, but then when you bring that level of expertise and, 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 and bring in the actual accounting information and, and mirror those two, it, it can be pretty powerful and you can develop some matrix. And so I enjoy the education side. I, I, I enjoy the, well, often I say, you know, this, this is going to get more and more comfortable for you because it's going to have some consistency to it. And we're going to say some of the same things over and over. And uh, I, I like clients who like that and for, you know, who, who like speaking that language and then prospectively, you know, what, what, what do we, because of what's happened, what do we expect going forward and what actions do we take or not take because of it? That that stuff is, is enjoyable. Not all clients have a flavor for that. And that, that goes back to my conversation about it, you know, scope for, for us has to be somewhat client driven. Um, now there are areas we, we, we can't go. If, if you don't care about this at all, then, then we're probably not a good fit because you have to, you have to have a, some, some level of concern. Well, we say in our firm all the time, we can't care more than our clients do. Right. right. And I can't care more about their business, but I think it's important to have, and, and again, not every client is is willing to have that conversation or relationship with us in the same way as others are. And if they're willing, then we are totally on board to do that with our clients as well. And they are so appreciative. Um, even just having an outside objective partner that can understand those numbers and not be as overwhelmed. And and really it brings in the last tip that they, that they mentioned in the article is bringing those those financials to life. I think that is probably one of the areas that I enjoy the most with our clients is helping them understand what those numbers really mean in their business and and help them make better business decisions. To me, the business planning and bringing those numbers to life in my mind kind of goes so tightly together because as we're planning that, they have to understand those numbers. They have to understand what that truly means. Can they you know, buy another house? Can they, you know, invest in this? Can they hire another person? That That's real life for them. And being able to look at that and help them make those decisions, I think is is pretty powerful. Well, and I think a skillful professional, you know, that starts with knowing where the client is at in their journey of financial sophistication. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, some clients are very good accountants. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's some that are very, very good. Got others yeah. that don't that don't understand this stuff at all, but they're willing and they want they they want to be taught, um, and so you got to find out w- where they're at and speak speak to that uh, level. And I always tell people, hey, this is a you know we want to be on the right trajectory. Doesn't matter if you don't know anything today uh, coming out of here. Yeah, we hope you know something, and, and next time we meet, you'll you'll know a little bit something more. 
I was just thinking about a book that um, I was going to reference and I don't know where it is on my shelves right now, but it's called Making Numbers Count. And it is really an interesting book. One of the things that I do with Gusto in some of the people advisory certification stuff that I have taught, we've talked about taking numbers and putting it into a metric that is very understandable and relatable to clients. And in that book, they talk about like, if we tell somebody, you know, our country's in, you know, $20 trillion in debt or whatever the number happens to be today, but we put it down into that means X amount per person in the United States, that becomes so much more relatable. And I think that is a skill that accountants need to uh, continue to hone. And how do we make the information that we see, I, I say all the time, we can look at the financial statements and see the story. We understand where the client's been, where they're going and where they're struggling, but our clients don't see it that easily. So helping them understand those financials and bring them into a format and into a conversation that allows them to make better business decisions going forward by putting those numbers into something very relatable, revenue per employee, expense per employee, or you know, other metrics um, that our clients come up with, profitability per whatever, things like that really help them understand it and, and put that into perspective and then providing reports to them that really make sense. To me, that's that's probably the favorite part of what I get to do is just really breaking it down and helping them understand it in a, a very relatable way. Well, this has been an interesting conversation, thinking about what our clients want and kind of putting them first in our conversations. I love it. It makes me reflect, certainly. Um, sure. One thing I think I enjoy about you, Carla, is we both want to serve our clients well. Um, we don't pretend to be perfect and have every solution. And I'm always interested in what people have to say or think and how they do it, knowing that, uh, you know, I know a few things and try to do things, a few things well, but certainly there's there's areas of improvement that can be made. So I appreciate the discussion. Yeah, absolutely. Well, why don't we call it a wrap for today? And I think we are going to have a lot of interesting conversations coming up. I can't wait to be around our colleagues over the next week or so and be able to just kind of get into where they've been, where they're going and what's what's new going on. So excited to do that. And in the meantime, hope you have a great rest of your week. Yeah, looking forward to see. I'm I'm actually going to go to the digital CPA in Austin uh, just before QB Connect. Uh, see some some old friends there, and um, and then we'll uh, we'll see one another, and and I'm sure have some some additional conversation. Absolutely, look forward to it. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Accounting Ventures podcast. Today's episode was brought to you by Caldwell Consulting and Training and Stevenson Company.